When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Paul, please don't cut your mother laughs at dangly penises because I feel like it's inappropriate. Love to see it. Fanbytes movie review podcast. Every month we pick a theme, and every week we watch a movie, and then we decide where its VHS tape belongs. And yes, they are VHS tapes, uh, where they belong in our delightful neighborhood video store. We will judge if it's May Queen material and deserves a spot on our distinguished staff pick shelf. If it's sun drenched and flower draped enough to settle nicely within our totally fine and good middle aisle. Or if it's terrible, useless, and cowardly, and deserves to burn forever in an eternal bear suit in our dumpster out back. Those are our categories. Working in the counter today, we have yours truly, Danielle. Danny deserves better, Riendo. My fantastic May Queen-worthy co-host, Fernanda. You're pissing on my people, Prates. Fernanda, how are you today? I'm doing amazing. I love that for me, that I'm May queen Worthy. I've always dreamed of uh, <laughs> reigning over a white supremacist Swedish cult. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like this is really my moment. Love this that. Is for always, me. It's always been your dream. That's so beautiful. <laughs> we made dreams come true here. And you love to see it. And today we have a very, very special guest, Stacy Wheelbarrow Connie Ponder, aka <laughs> Final Girl from the Internet, the co host of the Gay Lords of Darkness podcast. Stacy, I'm so glad you're here with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, and I am also glad to be here amongst you. Thank you for having me. Oh, this yes. is exciting. We are thrilled <laughs> to have you, Wheelbarrow Connie. <laughs> I'm sorry, I really love your nickname. Oh, no. it's, it, it says it's everything. It's so amazing. <laughs> you know, it's just I, you everything. know, I had there was another front runner for a nickname, and I was like, I'm not too excited about that. And then when Wheelbarrow Connie made her appearance in the movie, I was like, there she is. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, I did like a full belly laugh, like a cackle belly laugh when I first saw this in the notes. I just want everybody to know that. I want everybody to know that really did happen, and it came out of me. It was a noise that came out of me. And I am proud of who I am and what I do. Um, I should so, honestly ta- I should honestly tap out now because clearly that is going to be my no, high water mark. No, show, so. no, you're just starting with a bang and you're going to keep going. <laughs> yeah, but the, the bangs exactly. will keep coming. You know, <laughs> setting the pace further. <laughs> and I like that we're shouting out Connie already because like Simon and Connie are like the only people in the entire fucking movie that I would argue are unproblematic. Yeah. Um, yeah, like mm-hmm. they're the the characters that I feel deserve to get shouted out right off the bat. 
It's true. They have not. Yeah, they are not assholes and they have not uh, assisted in committing ritualistic pagan murder. So it's like, good on them. <laughs> you know, good <laughs> on them. They're the only, good, the only ones. <laughs> they didn't do much good uh, to either of them. But uh, here we are appreciating your, your efforts. <laughs> appreciating them. Oh, and the nicknaming efforts are good, too. Yes. So basically, for the next four weeks, I'm going to explain our theme here. This is Join Us June. So for the next four weeks, we kindly request that you relinquish your current belief system on behalf of our fresher, superior ideology, that you give up your individuality and basic human needs for the sake of fulfilling our higher level collective vision, that you cut off the negative influences that are not yet enlightened enough uh, to uh, understand the power of our teachings and follow us, your kind, generous leaders, in a month we've been divinely inspired to call Join Us June. In other words, let's talk about cults, baby. Let's talk about Woo! you and me. Let's talk about all the good things, all the bad things that cults can be. Let's talk about <laughs> cults. I'm inspired today. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh my God. Let's Paul start. is going to do some magic with this. I Paul's going to do just something know with it. that. I hope I, I there just, you go, Paul. Uh, know it. Salt and Pepper, they're great. Like my favorite, all time favorite girl band. Anyway, uh, <laughs> join us, June. We're talking about cults. We're talking about movies that are about cults. They're not cult classics, more like pot- potentially cult classics, but that are actually about cults. And this week, if you haven't figured it out yet, uh, we are watching one of my favorite uh, recent movies, uh, horror, cult, or basically anything, just one of my recent favorites, 2019's folk horror relationship nightmare, Midsummer. I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. No, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity and I decided Look, to do it. I don't mind it. you going, I just wish you would have told me, that's all. I invited Danny to come to Sweden. You know what she's been going through? Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Welcome and happy midsummer. Skoll! What do you think? It's like another world. Tomorrow's a big day. Is it scary? What is it? It has special properties. What am I going through? We just need to acclimate. I don't want to acclimate. I want to go. Absolutely not. I don't know why you invited us. That's why you look so guilty right now, because you know. We only do this every 90 years. I was most excited for you to come. We're about to fly into our first segment, Setting the Scene, where we introduce the movie at hand. We have a little spoiler-free chat about our history with it. But first, to those unfamiliar with the story, here is a brief summary that I have prepared about the movie. Midsummer is a movie about a young woman with a horrible gaslighting boyfriend, plenty of anxiety, and a horrific family trauma that prompts her to take a vacation with said boyfriend and his awful friends to a remote Swedish village. It's a folk horror romp that's as colorful, drug-induced, and deeply funny as it is properly scary. Maybe even more so. But we'll get into that in due time. First, I'd like to ask, 
both of my wonderful co-hosts, my May Queen worthy co-hosts, both, uh, what their oh. history with the movie is. I am going to start with you, Fernanda, because Stacy and I have a, a shared history with this movie. It's very beautiful. Conjoined history. <laughs> Conjoined history, you might say, with this movie. A first on this show, looking forward to it. Um, I think my history with it is pretty much the same as everyone else's. Like, it came out and everybody was talking about it. Um, This was my third time watching it for the show. And I will say, I hate watching movies several times, especially longer movies. And this is like two hours and 20 minutes. So even though this was kind of like my one of my suggestions, I was kind of like, ugh. (laughs) God damn it, I have to get through like another two hours and 20 minutes of a thing I've already gotten through twice before. (laughs) But um, the minute the movie started, I was like, oh, yeah, I really love it. (laughs) (laughs) So this is not upsetting me at all. I am actually enjoying this experience and all of the times and we'll get into all of it, um, I'm sure. But uh, what to me has been the most interesting experience with Midsummer is that like every time I watch it, I kind of came away with a different sort of take on it. I had a different experience. It's had a sort of different like uh, viewpoint on it. Like the first time I watched it, it's it's interesting because I the whole like cult aspect of it obviously didn't escape me because it's very much in my face, but it wasn't like what I was really focusing on. Like the movie, um, you know, the way the movie ended and we're keeping it spoiler free, but, and we'll obviously get into it, but it was kind of like, Good for Danny. Good for Danny. And then <laughs> yeah, yeah. now it's more like, uh, hmm, not, not really good for Danny. Danny has uh Danny has a lot of uh yeah, she's just switching abusive and toxic dynamics here, isn't she? Uh but yeah, so this is my history with it, just basically like being interested in as a topic of conversation that was happening, especially because I really liked hereditary. And uh, watching it a few times and still loving it for the third time. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. God, so good. Stacey, I want to hear about your history with this beautiful film. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, our history with the film is I, for whatever reason, I got invited to the New York premiere of this. Uh, And so I got in touch with Danielle and I was like, do you want to go with me? (laughs) we've never hung out or anything but do you want to go and uh so we did and that was pretty cool oh that's nice yeah 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 uh i got to see an annabelle billboard on the uh, (laughs) bus ride down to new york so that was fun Uh, and then i got to see midsummer and ari aster and uh what's his name jack rayner were there at the premiere and uh it was pretty cool um, it really blew me away the first time I saw this. Like when, yeah. Yeah, spoilers, but yes, very much, uh, you know, good for her. Like I just was completely shocked by the final shot in this film. Um, this time I had, this is only my second time seeing it, was uh, uh, watching it for this. I had not revisited it because uh, it is a long ass movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of movie here. There's a lot of movie here, and there are so many movies I haven't seen. So to be like, you know, two and a half hours, I don't know. I know what it's all about. But it was interesting to watch it again a few years later. And some of my feelings, uh, like Fernanda mentioned, have changed a little bit about Mm -hmm. it, about the characters in it. Still really liked it. Still think it's too long. 
Uh, <laughs> yes. But I'm still on board for the ride, you know? So. Yeah. Well, you covered my history with it, too. Uh, <laughs> 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 so that was pretty easy. Oh, the last thing I'll say is they did have, like, cute drinks at the premiere, like, named after, like, the Harga and the something else. I don't even remember half of them. I just remember it, like, oh, what cute drinks you have. I feel a little apprehensive to take <laughs> Yeah, right? Right? Yeah, really. Then <laughs> what is the this? ham started throbbing, and I was like, right? what's going on? <laughs> what is this? Is this spring water with special properties? Because if so, <laughs> I'll just have to take a pass. My consciousness yeah. is expended enough. I don't really want to yeah. Won't expend it any further. Thank you. <laughs> we don't need extra. We don't need more consciousness. I don't need today. it. I don't, I'm good. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, explore I'm, other I'm, planes of being. What is more than enough? I'll be staying <laughs> out of the nude room. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. stay out of the barn today, friends. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Um. The, the only other part is I've seen it a few times. I definitely watched it with my mom at one point, which was great, actually. <laughs> my mom, oh, this is a brief aside, I promise. But I, I think I saw both Ari Aster films with my mom, like, during the same week when I was visiting at one point. And I, like, kept telling her, you know, about Hereditary, which we have done on this show. Like, okay, mom, there's, like, a really disturbing scene. Like, you know, you're a parent. It's very disturbing. She fucking cackled at the most disturbing parts <laughs> of that movie. So she clearly thought Midsummer was the funniest thing she's ever seen in her life. So okay, maybe some of my that. sense of humor comes from my mom, I suppose. That uh, explains <laughs> some some stuff. Yes, some of it, For right? our listeners, there's... <laughs> currently being enlightened by this information i'm yeah, sure a little a little bit i mean like i think i'm a more sensitive soul than she is but it, it really was a bit funny so <laughs> she truly thinks this is like a comedic masterpiece um, my mom also just like generally thinks penises are the funniest thing in the universe like if you basically penises? go up to her and you're yeah you just are like penis she will just cackle <laughs> she will just cackle. i think she's just of that generation where like nobody could say things you know like she was brought up catholic and it's like you can't say things like you can't say that so like <laughs> if there's any like male nudity or anything sexual she just thinks it's so funny so there you oh go my God. it's my history she with this movie. can i uh, get a brief aside she can never watch how to with john wilson season one because there's an episode not. where penis is featured prominently in an incredibly <laughs> hilarious situation and oh. I feel like this would literally kill your mom. Like she would, she would just, laugh like, herself into oblivion. Yes, <laughs> she would just never stop laughing. She it's would. Just, it would be like in uh, South Park when uh, one of them. I think it's Cartman. He laughs so much he burns a, a funny fuse. Oh and then yeah, then he nothing can't is laugh funny. anymore. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Several asides. <laughs> I feel like it's important context, though. I feel like, you know, <laughs> yeah. when you watch a movie with your family, sometimes you don't know how it's going to go. And my God, that was yeah. one of the best. It was one of the best experiences <laughs> I could have had watching this movie with a family member. So that was that was excellent. <laughs> oh, well, I guess we should probably move on to our stripping it down section and by the way, dear friends, we have spoilers in this section. Now we say that whether the movie is from 1920 or from, you know, two months ago. So just, just so you know, there are spoilers. We will be spoiling things. Probably should just put a content warning on here too. There's a lot of violence. Yes. There's some sexual stuff that, 
you know, has has questions about it, let's just just put a content warning on here, just in case, just for our uh, our listeners. stripping it down section uh where we will again talk about spoilers we'll talk about all kinds of things we will everything is fair game every midsummer thing now is fair game i want to talk about something that was already alluded to here from both of my again fantastic may queen worthy co-hosts and that is how you feel about the ending of the movie i know this is like hey we can talk about the ending right at the beginning but it seems like a really interesting framing that everybody's seen this movie a few times now and has kind of different feelings about it each time. I want to kind of dig into that. Um, it sounds like the context, all of us, it seems like we're like, good for Danny, at, you know, the first time we saw it. Like, good for her. She got rid of the shithole boyfriend. And maybe because that was almost shocking at the time to see that in a movie that like, mm-hmm. oh, a woman is saying like, actually, fuck you, you're the worst. And also you can burn in a bear suit, um, which I suppose is shocking on, on a, a few levels. But yeah, she really is just kind of trading one abusive relationship for another, isn't she? It's, it's not actually yeah. so beautiful. It's not actually the best thing in the world. And Fernanda, you mm-hmm. you wrote about that a lot in your show notes here. Yeah, because uh, exactly like the first time you watch the movie, like, I read somewhere it kind of like reads like twisted girl power fantasy. And I agree, right? Like a lot of people, because we see Danny go through this horrific uh, tragedy with her family, which we both wrote about in our notes and I'm sure we'll get into it too uh, eventually. But so you see her go through this enormous trauma, like her whole family's died because her sister uh, died by suicide and killed her parents. It's a horrible, horrible situation, incredibly traumatic. And you see she's lonely, she's isolated, and her support system is this fucking douchebag who just straight up sucks. Like the Christian, there's no redeeming like quality to this man other than maybe he's stuck by her uh, despite wanting to break up with her. But still, this man can't even pick his own like fucking doctor's thesis. No, (laughs) Christian. That's just nothing good. He's not even smart like Josh or I don't know. I don't know Will Poulter's redeeming quality. His interesting (laughs) eyebrows, I guess. But he, so she goes through all of this. She's in this horrible situation. Then she ends up in the strip, right? In Sweden with her horrible boyfriend and his horrible friends. And you're just sad for Danny the entire time. She's desperate. Like she, she's lonely. She's surrounded by people who fucking suck. So the way the movie ends is kind of like everybody dies. Uh, she's sort of, she's not directly responsible for Christian's death death, because she was given a choice. Well, somebody had to die. It was either an unknown or uh, her shitty boyfriend. Um, (laughs) But I did, so the first time I came out of it, it was really that thought of like, you know what? She's being revered in this uh, cult, right? She was picked as May Queen because you can see a very slow burn. And to me, that's really where the movie really shines with the cult build. She is being really lured slowly into this group of people. She, for the entire movie, she's not wearing the same clothes as they are, but then by the end she is. And, you know, Pele, the guy who, the the guy from the group of friends who, dra- who got them there because he grew up in the commune, um, 
he is nice to her. He remembers her birthday. The bar is that low here yeah, in Hanoroland, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. He drew her a picture and remembered her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Truly groundbreaking stuff. But anyway, so we see the, the, the love bombing, right? Everything evolving and the, this whole buildup. And they elect her May Queen and she's being, you know, put in the, she's being put on this flowery pedestal. So the, and then the movie does kind of in one way seem like, Oh, she left this horrible reality. And even with the colors, they do it so well, right? Like the beginning of the movie is gray and rainy and her life looks kind of sad. And then she's in this flowery, sunny place. And she got her happy ending because like everybody died. Woohoo. And she's free. And it's like, not really. They're cults. <laughs> yeah. They love bombed her. Like cults and other abusive, you know, situations and dynamics are known to do. To lure her into this, they gave her a choice between killing two people while she was on drugs yeah. and isolated her from everybody she knows. And she's now covered in flowers in this Swedish place in the middle of nowhere. And it's like, no, that's not good for Danny. I feel very sad for Danny. She again yeah. was manipulated and put in a situation that she didn't really have any control over, did she? It's yeah. sad. Poor Danny. Yeah, I think the first time I saw it, I was really reacting to the fact that, like you said, she was finally being listened to. She was being mm -hmm. validated. She was receiving all of that. And then killing her shitty boyfriend was really just a bonus for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I was just like, yay, this is great. All the while, I was also found it always found it a curious reaction to this movie when people the first time i saw it when people were like oh pele like, they really <laughs> just, so like his whole do you feel held by him does he feel like uh, home to you? just gives everybody a huge pele boner and i'm like uh, are you kidding me like <laughs> the guy is shitty and is manipulating her from the start like he's insidious and one of the worst characters in the movie mm -hmm. this isn't some great romance <laughs> you know like yeah. he has uh, an ulterior motive and they mention it at the end when he has his grass hat on and they talk about his unclouded intuition uh. in bringing all of these people to Horga and you know it's just like this isn't some Oh wow, finally she can be with Pele. <laughs> you know? right? So I think this time around I really picked up on so much more of the cult's nefarious nature. I mean, mm -hmm. on the, the first time I saw it, I was just like, yeah, this reiterates cults, communes, not for me, thank you. I did not <laughs> Not at all interested in any of this. Uh, but this part, you, I, yeah, I'm, I don't, like it's nice of you to all scream with me when I'm upset. But, you know, it's too suffocating. Like, no, thank you. Uh, like the moment they arrive and there's fucking people on flutes and everybody's dancing and it's just like I just like that's horrifying to me. So. <laughs> No, thank you. Uh, but I really picked up this time on the more insidious nature of it and the way they whittle away, especially at Danny and even at Christian. 
yeah um, absolutely yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah i i've heard some fan theories that like there's there's like bear patterns and things even in like the family house when there's the, you know the um yeah. really genuine tragedy at the beginning that there's like some theories you know it's slightly maybe a little slightly tinfoil hat but like that that Pele even staged part of that because he thought this would be the perfect yeah. kill kind of thing well, like, did, he, you, like, did, you, did you know that Midsummer ties into the Toy Story universe like I can't <laughs> handle when people go way too far with their fan <laughs> theories you know? like, okay however however this video essay I will <laughs> I know, I I know. Believe me, I'm 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 not one of those people. I'm not one of those people. However, there's a butt coming. Yeah, okay. It is no. It's just that it's kind of funny that it's like <laughs> Pele did the whole thing. I don't know. He's he's just an asshole. He's not necessarily a mastermind of. If listen, if this were the DC universe, yes, it would have been that he did the whole thing. However, we're not we're not doing that. Thank God. Oh, I will say, for me. My absolute favorite part of the movie is always going to be the sort of whole first act. Like for me, I, I love the whole movie. I Again, it's like a favorite of mine. I think it's beautiful. I think it's gorgeous. I think it's doing a lot of things. For me, as somebody who suffers like horrific panic attacks sometimes, the way that this movie looks at panic and looks at like just gut-punching, disgusting, miserable trauma, like the worst possible thing. This is a person with anxiety and like there's like a little bit of backstory like, oh, she's a psychology student, like, you know, presumably like a grad student in psychology of, of some kind. And like she's working with her own issues. She has mental illness running in her family and she has anxiety herself. She obviously, you know, has medications that she takes to co help control her anxiety. But really, if you have anxiety, you know, nothing helps. And there are like em emergency medications sometimes for the worst parts of it. But, you know, nothing really makes it go away. You just kind of live with it. You kind of have to survive with it. So the fact that she's terrified and obsessed with her family dying, with her with her sister's mental illness, you know, causing this this problem. And then it happens. It just happens. Mm -hmm. Everybody's been gaslighting her. No, what happened? No, it'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine because people can't actually deal with how horrible that reality would be. And mm -hmm. then it happens. It's reality. It's, it's something that just fucking happens in this movie. It's something I love about Hereditary too. Just the way things are just the ugliest, scariest, worst possible thing just happens. And look, you have to now look at it, like look at yeah. it. For me, that's very, that's why I love horror, really, Yeah. In, at its absolute base, is like, yeah, I want to look at it. I think about this all the time. I'm a person with horrible anxiety. I want to look at the fucking thing, <laughs> please. Yeah. Because it's, it's a safe way of looking at it. And, like, I'll even be, like, a little too real here and say, like, I have had bits and pieces of this feeling when I have been on, I'm an EMT and have, like, you know, really bad trauma calls or if I have a deceased patient or just something really, I'm looking at something really ugly, but it's real and it's true and it's right in front of me. And I can't say how much I appreciate that. I know that maybe sounds psychotic, but it's like, yes, these things are real. You're not crazy for being afraid of them. <laughs> There's something about yeah. that. And this movie understands that in, in such an incredibly powerful way, the way things are framed, the cinematography during that sort of like when we see the family, when we actually see how they've died. Mm -hmm. um, even, even some of the traveling sequences, the sort of tumult of the camera kind of slowly kind of not spiraling out of control by any means but like slowly dipping in and out and doing all this stuff in, in some of the framing when Danny has a panic attack like in the air 
in the airplane bathroom and when she, you know, runs to the bathroom or, or runs outside. Like these things are so deeply felt. And every time I even like think about these sequences, I don't even need to like be watching the movie to kind of feel this. I think about these sequences, excuse me. And it's just like, there it is. Like, this is, this is why I watch horror to like, look at this and be assured that like, yes, other people have had these experiences and feel this way as well. And Florence Pugh does such an incredible job with this aspect, especially that it's like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's so many sequences of her and just very subtly, you see her trying to control her breathing yes, Mm -hmm. Yes. or something like that. And it's such a specific note for the character. And it just really, without going into histrionics or she doesn't have to say anything like I'm really anxious here. Like we can see it (laughs) and, and we can feel it happening and it just makes it that much more effective and compelling. Yes. Hey. And and the thing like even this so the the first half of the movie right or the actual beginning when I started watching it yesterday uh, my husband like peeked at the TV and is like oh I had completely forgotten that this was like part of the movie um, yeah. because like in my mind what sticks out is like the flowers and the greenery and the forest cold people thing <laughs> yeah so and I was like. That's interesting because for me, this, the beginning of the movie is always the part that stuck the most. And to me, is the most unsettling part, I think, because all of it is horror, right? Uh, in different ways. But one thing like, yeah, it's very scary to see a person hanging in a barn with his lungs sticking out and he's still breathing like that's a horrifying sight but it's not necessarily a sight that you can transport to your everyday life because yeah we sometimes are subjected to gory sights and of course cults are part of a reality of the world but like this reality seems more removed uh than the reality of watching Denny's uh family tragedy unfold and I think that's why and they did such a good job at capturing it like every little thing right the emails the not getting the 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 responses to the emails the calling and not getting like the calls back like the way this is all built and that I think to me is like the main um you know the way the movie wins me over the most is the way that things built it's just so perfectly good and so tense and in a way that can really feel even if i thankfully have not experienced this level of traumatic event in my personal life but that it really feels close to home and then it transports you to a more bizarre alternative which again all of it it's horror just in a different way and i think that the first part um also again it's it's amazing because they Really, the director, but obviously, I think the acting, everything, the the cinematography, the 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 way that the movie the movie progresses, it lures you in and it makes you understand a lot better. We talked about this with our previous episode, which we kicked off Cult Month, right? Like, I think we're we finally come around as a society to the idea that we're all susceptible to this kind of thing, right? Like it was easy to think about, oh, cult people are just cookie people who are just dumb (laughs) enough or, you know, weak, mentally weak enough to let themselves be wrapped into this horrible situation. And I think we as a society have like, especially in recent years, like really come around to understanding that first of all, our ideas of what a cult is, uh, they are much broader like they have been broadening a bunch uh recently but also like 
this way you can understand the movie does a good job at on not only wrapping Danny up in it, but wrapping us up in it. I can't yeah. speak for everyone, but like, I think my reaction watching it for the first time and being like, good on Danny really is a testament <laughs> to how strongly and how well they did that, right? Like yeah. nobody joins a cult thinking it's a cult and that, you know, oh yeah, it's 72, I'm going to kill myself and that's it. Like, no, that's, there's a lot of other things. There's just, you know, and they take this person who is isolated, who lost her entire you know, who has who had her entire support system and her entire life upended. And you have her talk to Pele in that scene in which she's being particularly insidious. Uh, and like Stacey said, like, I saw people being like, sh it's shipping them online. It's a thing. And it's just horrifying to think. Uh, but, you know, he's talking to her and being like, oh, I'm an orphan, too. But I've always uh, felt held because I had this community. So the contrast between the first uh, like part and, and the second part and the way like this all really builds very well to the understanding of why she would end up being like it's gnarled in this very complicated situation. Yeah. It's it's to me it's just like very, very like I love both parts of the movie. The first maybe sticks out more because again, I feel like it's, it feels closer to home, but like to me, just everything builds very, very masterfully to, to the, the conclusion. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to kind of mention, I didn't write this in the notes, but it's something I've been kind of turning around in my head is that like, I, it, it sort of works with the sex scene too. The um, like, on my first read watching this movie you know, the first time the like sex scene was like hilarious to me. Like I found this to be like the funniest thing I had ever fucking seen. Like, all right, we've got Christian who is drugged, which is the complicating factor here, which I think is like what makes me have complicated feelings about it later. But like here he is and he's got to impregnate this girl, which like ties back to a line from much earlier in the film. Like you could be getting that waitress pregnant, bro. Like with yeah. the, the friend um, and all the, the milkmaids. Like, Oh, the milkmaids and sweet old. It really is just the eyebrows, I think. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he like all the ladies of the village, including like the older ladies, are just singing and dancing naked. Like, get it on, baby! Like, they're just so fucking funny to me. And then, of course, like again, like watching it a few times, it's like Christian sucks and I hate him, but he is drugged. That's not the best thing. It's not great, actually. Uh, you know, her, like being a shitty boyfriend to like doom you to being burned alive. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's like it's like things do happen to him that actually are not okay. He sucks, and he should just be dumped. Like in real life, it's like you're a sucky, cowardly person. Uh, you should just be dumped. You should not be killed, and you probably should not have been drugged, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of things with this movie that like. Again, with the humor of it as well, with the humor, with the lighting, with the pretty cinematography, with all these bits and pieces, like, you kind of have this this sense of, like, oh, we should be laughing at this cult. This is pretty wacky. Look at all this wacky shit they're doing. Oh, that guy's dead. There's almost, like, a distance that you have with it. But mm -hmm. then it also lulls you in, in that way that you're talking about, Fernanda, of, like, yeah, it's it's almost making you root for things that like should I should I actually be rooting for this murder? It might not be the best thing. <laughs> it might not be the best thing for me to root for. I don't know. 
Well, it's like the the ceremony where the elders throw themselves off the cliff. Yeah. And, you know, they come up with a way to explain it all away and how this is actually a beautiful thing. And then, mm -hmm. you know, like Christian says, well, it's a cultural difference. Like, what can mm -hmm. we really say yeah. when it when it's not just a cult? You know what I mean? When it's not just yeah. Nexium in Albany where you pay five thousand dollars to go to <laughs> what you know, go to a seminar or something. Yeah. When it becomes a cultural issue, I think yeah. the the foreigners going into the situation mm -hmm. are gonna err on the side of like, hey, I don't know everything and yeah. this feels fucked up to me, but this is what they do. So what can I really say about it? You know? And hopefully yeah. you'll figure it out before you are stuffed into a dead bear and set on fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's really, it's really weird. Like there's a talking about the difference between the opening and then once we get to Sweden and all of that and the color difference and all of that, it also lets us know how long Danny has been mired in this because when we start yeah. the movie, it's snowing mm -hmm. and then her family dies and then we learn that it's or now it's early June and she still can't get out of bed. Mm -hmm. You know, she's still really in that space of grief and everything else that's wrapped up in it. And so it's just going to make her that much more susceptible yeah. to everything that's going on. But then you read the fan theory and you're like, wow, Pele was there from the beginning. Oh my, what chance did she have? It's Toy Story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's Toy Story, you know? But I don't know. I, this time I was surprised to find myself and I really admonished myself over it. And if you want to <laughs> kick me, if you want to kick me out of this discussion, that's okay. But at the very beginning with the phone calls and all of that, I found myself having a sliver of sympathy for Christian. Sure. Only, yeah. only, only because like. Uh, me too. Yeah. People stay in relationships mm -hmm. too long sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When it's just, I don't want to have to go through the whole breaking up thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, that's going to be a discussion. And so you just stay with it. And it's like, it doesn't yeah. absolve him of his shittiness or as his, far as... his friend's shittiness. But I just felt like mm -hmm. this isn't good for either of them. Yeah. Right. I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, Danielle even put it uh, in her notes. And I agree. Like, there. And by the way, uh, Ari called this, like, apparently he called this a breakup movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. That's dramatic. In this uh, little New York Times piece, I uh, said, and I quote, I'm a big lover of melodrama. And one tradition of melodrama is having the scope of a story match whatever the characters are feeling. So I wanted to make a breakup movie that felt as big as breakups tend to feel, which is cataclysmic, because a big part of your world is now gone. So I wanted to make this big operatic apocalyptic breakup film. It never really felt like bears on fire for me in particular, but I'm not like... <laughs> knocking everybody anybody's experience but i totally agree with you and again i think that changed from my first time watching the movie which was uh developing sort of more sympathetic view of of christian this is a person like a dude in his 20s who's surrounded by these like similar similar minded dudes and 
you can see that he's not happy with the relationship from the start, right? And then it's like this horrible situation. She went through this horrible tragedy. What is he going to do? He's not going to break up with her. So, uh, Danielle, you put this on your notes, and I agree, right? Like, there's an element of him also being trapped uh, in this relationship. And you can see that he obviously is an idiot. He should have told her, hey, I'm going to Sweden for, like, a month right. and a half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, or maybe, you know, don't gas, stop gaslighting her and maybe just, like, not be... An idiot, but again, I do. I am with you both, Stacey and Danielle. That there is like obviously a certain, a certain level of sympathy for Christian to the extent of like, you know, like people make mistakes and shit happens and relationships turn bad and make people act ugly. And uh, yeah, he sucks. But again, not being paralyzed and stuck in a burning bear costume. So, <laughs> my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's it's. It reads anyway. I, this might not be the intent. But this is what I'm going to read into it as like again, sort of a indictment of like compulsory heterosexuality. Of like again, I'm not saying Ari Aster is exactly saying this, <laughs> but like that human beings suck at relationships. Okay, I'll put it that way, and then I'll say especially, um, <laughs> especially if you are like I don't know a fucking relationship pervert who reads a thousand books about relationships and yeah. relationship anarchy and polyamory and how to have perfect communication with your partners and blah, 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 which not everyone does. I understand, but listen, maybe everybody would be better off if they read some of those books. Okay. That's all I'm just going to say. <laughs> but like the fact that they can't even fucking communicate about this, like if someone's yeah. very, very unhappy in a relationship, they should be able, I'm not saying, Oh, Oh, it should be easy. But like, people should have the language of how to communicate that. They should have the ability also to support one another in a way that feels actually comfortable to them, other than the only way to be with another person is for a heterosexual man and a heterosexual woman to be in a monogamous exclusive relationship and nothing else exists in the entire Mm -hmm. universe. And like, I'm not even saying that's about heterosexuality. That's just about like, this is the only thing we have in the world for a support system. Man and woman must be together in this way and nothing else exists. And, like, if these fucking people hung out with maybe some more people in my crowd, they might be better off and okay, <laughs> even if they like sleeping with people of the opposite sex. That's fine. I'm not going to judge them for that. But, like, the thing I that will. sucks is not... <laughs> you will. That's fine, too. <laughs> that's also fine. Um, but, like, that's the problem, right? The problem is that we just don't even have language for other types of relationships. We don't have language for this you know in our broader culture like it it, his friends suck they're not her friends like she doesn't have friends she has a one friend on the phone at the beginning of the movie right and we never see this person yeah and like that friend is trying to be supportive of course and that you know you can imagine that that friend is supportive and does care about her and, and you know is in her life to some extent but maybe she also like she also was like, okay, the only thing in my life now is my boyfriend. My boyfriend should provide for me. Like, all of this is locked into this one shitty paradigm that doesn't work for everybody in all situations. It probably doesn't work for all that many people in all that many situations. But again, yeah. I digress as a weird little queer anarchist here um, that, I, <laughs> that I am now, uh, listen, in my cult, okay, everybody can do whatever they want. <laughs> I will Are there say flutes? <laughs> yeah, no flutes. Yeah. No, flutes. no there's no flutes. Okay. All right, there's no flutes. 
I appreciate it. Like, can I like opt out of drugs too? Just like, yes. sometimes it's cool, but I feel like it needs to be a choice. <laughs> right. And it does, nothing feels like a Whoa, choice. Controversial. That's so fucked up. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. Controversy. Over oh, so I much of this movie is like the the whole again the with the elders throwing themselves off the cliff. Like none of Elliot's friends consented to see that. Watching it, yep. right. you know, like yeah. consent is a huge thread running through this movie. Yes, it's yeah, exactly right. Like that's the the whole again the aspect of a cult and even with this uh the drugging is also like a tactic right like uh sleep deprivation food deprivation these are tactics that cause people to be confused cause you know cognitive uh impairment and mm-hmm. this is also a part of like uh how real life cults ensnare people um and it's interesting because we were talking about the sort of when they uh after the suicide scene obviously horribly shocking Again, something that people should really be aware of uh, what they're about to see when when they're stepping into the situation. Um, And then they're explaining like, oh, yeah, at 72, the life cycle ends. Like people, you know, you don't want to be a burden or just stretching life for the sake of it. So like we die. And I'm like, you know what? That kind of makes sense. (laughs) I'm punishing myself for that one because I was like, no. That's horrible. People leave very complete lives after this. These are this is terrible. They're getting me. This is how they get you. They're getting you. This is how they get you. I will never go to Sweden. This will happen to me. I will never go to Sweden. The movie. But I totally I totally agree with your reading, y'all, on the the sort of like compulsive heteronormativity thing. And it's interesting because you asked, what was it last episode, two episodes ago? If the straights oh, are gosh. okay. Yes. And no, we're not. Two episodes ago. <laughs> we're not. We're not. Clearly we're not. And to this effect, I would read, I was reading, there, was, there were entrances on wiki villains for both oh, no. uh, Pele and Danny. I disagree <laughs> with Danny's entrance. Like, okay, like she was an accessory to murder, but like, I don't feel like she had a choice in the situation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but on Pele's, there's like this giant entry, all the ways in which Pele's a fucking villain. And then there's this little bit here. For all his flaws, he seems to genuinely love Danny and want the best for her. He's there for her when she goes through her severe anxiety attacks. Pele is nothing but affectionate to Danny. He oh, always God. catches her in his catchbook and even draws her as the May Queen. He remembers her birthday and gives her a present. <laughs> well, <laughs> that person is going to end up in the wheelbarrow. Like, they are absolutely gonna fall for the bullshit. Yep. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, we always say, you know, it's the cults are all about that analogy of the frog in the mm-hmm. boiling water, right? You don't throw mm-hmm. the frog into the boiling water, you turn up the heat and slowly boil it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happens to everybody throughout this movie and i wonder what danny like you said didn't have a choice somebody had to die at her word and i just wonder what would have happened if she said no i'm not choosing anybody would they have killed her would they have just killed both of them like who knows and that's, I guess, the ambiguity, right? Even because they do the shot of her smiling at the end. It's kind of like, right. is she actually, like, an a- deep down, is she actually, like, kind of evil? Uh, was she actually meant to be 
in this cult? Uh, was she actually like destined to be a part of this thing? Or was it that she was so successfully absorbed and indoctrinated by the situation? I think one part that kind of gives it away, I think the sort of like in a more clearly insidious uh like shows a more clearly insidious facet of it is when they're in the house and the house is burning down and the guy goes with the the little like the liquid or whatever that he gives them and be like, oh, so you feel no pain and fear. And then we see the guy very much suffering pain and fear. Yeah. So yeah. And you're like, it's, oh, oh, so these people are fucking liars. Yeah. Um, well, also, Danny, like you said, is drugged at this point, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. hasn't been eating enough, is still grieving, and we know she has issues with anxiety and depression yeah. and all of this. So she's in a vulnerable state. Mm -hmm. Also, at, this, at the end of the movie, she doesn't have really much of an idea of what happened to everybody else. They yeah. kind of tell her, but she doesn't, she's just kind of there zoning out. She's exhausted from mm -hmm. doing her May Queen jig. And it's like, <laughs> dude, it's like, hours. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Christian, Christian is the one who goes through the slasher movie gauntlet and finds yeah. all of the dead bodies. Yeah, you're so right. She has no idea what's really been going on. She just saw her boyfriend fucking someone else. She doesn't know that he was drugged and yeah. that it was a terrible situation and all of this. So yeah. she kind of acts impulsively and takes her revenge. But what happens after this, after the fire goes yeah. out and she takes off her flower dress and, and she's like, Oh shit, I'm here now. Like that would be yeah. a really interesting story oh. is like, yeah. Does she just say like, okay, I guess I'm here now and everything's cool. Or is she like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know, Right. Who's going to believe me about this? Uh, I kind of am accessory to murders. <laughs> I was does does she marry Pele and like have 15 children with him and like, you know, jump off probably, the rock at 72? Right? Like, because yeah, that's have, probably what happens, right? Yeah. I would and have so. other people like raise the children and it's. And some yeah, of them go out and try to get the May Queen for the next 90 years, you know? Mm -hmm. And they have to listen to the flute all the time. And somebody learns Coldplay on the flute. And then they have to listen oh, to Coldplay no! on the flute. <laughs> and watch no! Austin Powers. <laughs> she's, all out of, she's all out of sleeping pills, so she has to listen to that fucking baby crying every night. <laughs> oh, no. Flute all day, baby all night. Like, no, thank you. My God. Oh, I read God. like a, a little, yeah, that's. But but that's and that's the celebration, right? Like technically, that only happens every ninety years. So who knows how miserable their lives are in the day to day? Right. Like if that's the celebration stuff, how bored are you gonna be? Just like I don't know what they do painting painting like the walls of their. Thing. I guess they get high in paint. I guess that's what they do. <laughs> I right. Mean, you know, that's a dark turn to your lesbian commune that you keep... I know, right? Listen. <laughs> I will say... Listen, will my say. lesbian commune... Stacey, just, just FYI, I propose that the perfect ending to most movies, not every movie ever, but 99% of them, almost every movie, is that all the women, like, leave 
whatever shitty situation has happened and they form a beautiful lesbian commune of equality. And it looks a lot like the beginning of that Wonder Woman movie. You know, the good part of that Wonder Woman movie, they all get to ride horses and play with swords and everybody's equal and it's wonderful. And they all have sex like that. This is what women do. This is a look at Suspiria 2018 portrait of a lady on fire. What happens when you remove all of the awful men from the situation? The women just like, make art and do cool shit and sometimes Swamp they make it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we can, we can dream of a future in which they also kill Pele and the dudes and this and it's just the women and they get to yeah. be high and make art all day and nobody has to get impregnated and they're not like, all white anymore. They're not all white. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they can have other races here, that. please. Thank you. That's another little aspect that they don't really uh, touch on a lot. But uh, yeah, it's very clear. They're kind of white supremacists, no? Like everybody is very, very white. There. I've never seen the director's cut, but supposedly, uh, have either of y'all seen the director's cut? No. No, I, this no. Is, two hours like, and 20 minutes yeah. is, is no, enough. I know, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I think ninety minutes is the perfect length for every movie. Um, maybe yeah, eighty, maybe eighty nine, actually. But <laughs> I, I've, I'm aware of a director's cut where that's much more explicit for sure. Oh, okay. um, unless I so made that up, did I make that up? I'm in a, I'm in a place today. I'm in a state. I'm in midsummer right now. I don't know why. <laughs> is it just your fan theory? <laughs> it's your is fan, it fan theory. theory? <laughs> no, Listen. I did read it somewhere. Like in a, because I, I, I read a bunch of shit before starting, and it gets uh, j- jungled up in my mind. I read a medium post, but I also read it somewhere. They were like explicitly calling it a white supremacist cult, and I'm like, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if this person who wrote this had more information than we did. Um, in which case, sorry for accusing your uh, murderous pagan cult of being <laughs> racist as well. Of also being uh, racist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize <laughs> for that last part. Uh, Listen, when but- <laughs> we commit murder, we don't even see color. Okay? <laughs> We just God. murder. <laughs> we just murder everyone indiscriminately. Like you, you could see, you know. We even kept uh, Simon with uh, his lungs out for a little bit. That was God. That was nice. That scene is just something else. Oh when yeah. When he finds him in the barn with one. the flower. I really. That's all I have to say about it. Something. <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's a scene. It's a thing that happened, that scene. Uh, yeah, like to me, that's, and I, it's kind of what I was saying before, like, right? Like, I really like the balance of the everyday horror shit to the completely outrageous, shocking scenes that are so incredibly creepy. Like, who thought of this? I don't, the director probably Ari. And I, I am curious as to what goes on in that, that man's uh, cranial. Uh, box it's because same. how do you even architect that kind of scene or this the sex scene obviously incredibly incredibly freaking disturbing uh yes. wheelberry connie rest in peace <laughs> rest in peace our poor Con- connie did nothing wrong if anything simon and connie as i was saying they were yelling like this is weird like i want to get out they were yeah. they were just poor they were just pulled into this unfortunate sh- situation and they didn't even mm-hmm. get to be protagonists of this uh whole nonsense i really feel for this you know 
I feel for them. They 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 really just kind of got screwed. I mean, everybody kind of does here, right? Yeah. Everybody who's not one of the cultists basically gets screwed. But it's yeah, yeah. there are degrees, and Will Barakani deserved better. He <laughs> did. It's clear that scene. That scene before things really move into the very final act, when you can hear her screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Far off in the distance is one of the like more unsettling moments for me. Yeah. Where the camera's on eyebrows, whatever his name is, Mark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Craig, Mark. Yeah. yeah. Some it's Mark. Chad. You know, something. <laughs> something hetero. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> something hetero. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading something like the first question when you uh when you put like will polter eyebrow the Google uh the first question people also ask who is the actor with the eyebrows? So he's the actor <laughs> with the eyebrows. That's him. That's a nice little it's better than being known as like fucking asshole mark. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean it's, it's the actor didn't do anything wrong, it's just, you know, he just portrayed this yeah. so well. He, He's a whistleblower in Dope Six, so I forgive you, Will Poulton. Oh, yeah, sure, for, sure. For, for your, for your crimes. For pissing on my people. Yeah, right? <laughs> pissing on, that's yeah. another very comedic scene uh, as oh well. Like gosh. I said, they do have that little, the fine little balance between the humor and the uh, terrible, yeah. horrible, creepy-ass uh, situations. I do. It's very great. Like, and then the bodies are like just like these masks and like yeah. branches. Just who thinks that? Who thinks that, Ari? Very <laughs> impressive, but very disturbing. I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, he's obviously me, very well versed in horror movies. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Really. He's watched and he's young. He's only like 35. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Very impressive. Imagine. By 35, you have directed Hereditary and Midsommar. Like, retire. Don't try to do other things. <laughs> <laughs> Why I mean, would you? I was going to mention, like, for me, this was, these are two movies that I, like, love deeply and never stop thinking about. Like, I, I think I wrote it in the notes that, like, there are sequences in this movie that just live rent-free in my head. Same thing with Hereditary. Like, mm-hmm. I am, oh, yeah. of course, a horror fan, and I am a woman, and I have horrible anxiety. So, like, yeah, I know. There's some things. There's some things that just speak yeah. to me, right? Um, yeah. But for a a director who identifies as a man, he does seem to give a shit at least about uh, his women characters' feelings and perspectives. And mm-hmm. both movies are to some extent about gaslighting. This one much, much, much more. But plenty yeah. of that does go on in Hereditary as well. Um, at least for a portion of the movie, where the husband is just like, ah, whatever, this is stupid. And it's like, no, actually, some really fucked up shit is going on, dude. I'm... Yeah, he's not nearly as much of an asshole as Christian is. He's a much more sympathetic figure um, in a lot of ways. But there's a lot of connective tissue between the two movies. For me, Midsummer is is so much funnier and much more insidious because of this slow burn, because of the cult aspect, because of, like, you know, in, in Hereditary, most of the characters did nothing wrong and it just happens to them anyway. It's like a very, like, your fate is awful and you're you're fucked. Like, that's just kind of it. Whereas here, there is a human element to, like, oh, yeah, clearly the cult is doing this. The cult is doing these awful things. Pele is doing these awful things. Like, 
the this slow burn this this um did you call it love bombing Fernanda I want to make sure I, I don't use the wrong term here yeah like the, okay. the love, love bombing, bombing that they do to yeah. lure her in right that really culminates yeah. with the with the May Queen ceremony yeah. it's like there's a very human evil here like a very identifiable human evil right. that is both somewhat more comforting because it's like okay I can actually point to this versus a more supernatural kind of movie and also like terrible because it's like that that's people those are people those are people who are probably victimized at some point as well and perpetuating this cycle of violence and toxicity and abuse so yeah well, I appreciate thing- that he that he does Ari Aster does make movies about women but they're complicated women (laughs) you know like like danny there's a certain level of culpability in all of this and she's just allowed to be a complex character versus you know a a a female lead in you know 2003 she would have had to have like found a shotgun somewhere and been like i'm a strong female character (laughs) her tank top would have been ripped yes (laughs) yeah You know, it was yeah. like, this is how we're going to compensate, overcompensate for all the shitty women characters we've had throughout film history. It's like, now she's a badass who takes no <laughs> prisoners and has one-liners. And it's like, now finally things are kind of swinging back a bit the other way. And women can be shitty and complicated yep. and everything else, just like they are in real life. You know? uh, yes. We exactly. we talked about this kind of recently, uh, exactly this uh, about the, the the whole concept of like, you know, we had these strong female leads. Like, and don't get me wrong, like I fucking love Sarah Connor. Uh, she does a her, great love pull the up. Widow, I do like that. Amazing yes. form, just pure muscle. Uh, yes. I love <laughs> no no kipping, just like straight up, just no arm up, core yeah. amazing. Love Sarah Connor, love the widow, <laughs> but uh, we talked a little bit about sort of the concept of soft power uh, in a recent yes, episode. In widows, mm-hmm. especially. In widows, yeah. yeah, exactly. And widows, it's a movie about women committing crimes to sort of uh, make ends meet after their shitty husbands die. And it's, it's, yeah. it, I agree with you that it's a much richer and nuanced way of looking at women than as interesting and cool as like, you know, Mila Jovovich in combat boots killing zombies is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, it's it's also very interesting to see a woman who can, or because like Tony Collette's character in, in Hereditary and Danny here, just, you know, who can be, Danny's kind of needy, yes. She's kind of yeah. a drag. Like, I don't know if I want to hang out with Danny, uh, which is her right to be kind of a drag. She's just going yeah. through a horrible, <laughs> horrible time. It's true. Like, mm-hmm. dear God, Danny, I don't know what happened to her female friend on the phone. Maybe she died too. Maybe that's what happened right? to poor fucking Danny in this movie. And she has to date Zach Breath in real life. The <laughs> 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 the oh, no. Knows. I'm sorry. I'm Some sorry. choices were made. Some choices. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Florence and Zach. I'm sure Zach is great. Oh. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know anything. I'm not sure Zach either. Breath. Yeah. But I totally, I agree. I think it's, it's. I, I love that this is a man who actually uh, was able to do these female leads that don't read as just pandering or over the top, but just as like, relatable human women who are surrounded by relatable human shitty men. 
uh, though the guy in their hereditary, like you said, he's he's grown. He's got a lot more years in him. Maybe Christian yeah. would have grown out of being like <laughs> yeah. a horrible douchebag to just be like a middle middle of the road average douchebag. Yeah, and we're all about that. He was stripped of this opportunity to just we're be mediocre. Uh, <laughs> Be 40 and mediocre. I feel bad for him. Uh, (laughs) He could have stolen Josh's thesis and made something out of himself. But (laughs) (laughs) they really did him dirty. It's Josh, right? Cheaty from The Good Place. I think so, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Josh. Yeah. Well, I would say say it's it's one of the very few times an opportunity has been taken away from a straight white dude. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What are you talking about? They're the most. I don't know what you're talking about. Such a such a hurt, oppressed group of society. They can't even say the N word anymore. And here you are, this this counting their pain. Men are not allowed to be men anymore. They have to wipe their butts and everything. Oh no, is this about dude wipes? Oh no. Oh, no, no, it's I don't know, wasn't there a thing for a while that I still think it's just like, it's like Jordan lore. Peterson saying you can't wipe your ass. Is that like it's gay to wipe your Did ass? Is that, that a thing now? I don't, I don't think know. he ever said no, because he's like I think one of his things is cleanliness, to my recollection. Uh so I don't think that was that we can chalk we can chalk up a lot to Jordan Peterson, don't get me wrong. But <laughs> I think it was just a thing that was happening on the internet about like how some men wouldn't wipe their asses because it was gay or some shit. I don't know. I don't know if it's true. Dear sweet Jesus. (laughs) Dear sweet Jesus. Again, nothing against trade men. I I am married to one, uh, but I'm just saying. You're like, the one I married wipes his ass. Thank you very much. <laughs> to my knowledge, he wipes his ass. He showers every day. I make sure he does. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, Christian, Christian is an avatar for the poor uh, white hetero man who probably has money, too, because he's getting his PhD in this economy. He's getting his so, PhD. So, he's going to Sweden for a month without a job. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. An avatar for the most underprivileged uh, segment of society. For the repressed, underprivileged man dying in a bear suit. Uh, truly, <laughs> he is a figure for our age. <laughs> I love it. Paul just said, Hargus working on all of us. The new theme of our of our show. Oh. I, I I think we should move on soon to our our shelf mm-hmm. life segment. But I wanted to open the floor to any other thoughts, any other feelings, anything else we want to talk about with Midsummer before we decide where it belongs in our beautiful rating scale uh, in our video store. Hmm. Look, I've had too many feelings already. there's no such thing not on this show I will (laughs) give a final praise to Florence Pugh just because I think her performance is truly freaking astounding Um, in everything like the more dramatic like even her goofily choking on a whole fish is just uh, (laughs) a testament (laughs) really (laughs) to her skills (laughs) 
Yeah, I, if you haven't seen uh, Lady Macbeth, I recommend mm. Lady Macbeth highly, starring her as another uh, problematic queen, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> she's amazing. She's one of the greats, I think, for sure. I think yeah. so. Like, like, she's one of those that 10 years from now, like, we're going to be like, oh, she is one of the talents of our generation. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I still say no to cults. That's <laughs> yes. No to cults. Yes. No thank you. Um, no cults, no communes. Except for my no. vision. I think my vision's pretty great. <laughs> I mean, That's right. exactly what a commune leader would say, Danielle. Listen. That's true. There's, my you don't have to do different. anything you don't want to do in my cult. And just there's just women everywhere playing with swords and horses. That's it. In That's your cult? It's not a cult, it's a commune. You just said cult. Oh, we'll in there. Now we see the truth is revealed. What do you mean? Listen, all you have to do is throw yourself off this cliff. Like, that's all you have. That's all I'm asking. That's all Diana Um, wants, okay? That's all Diana wants from you. No, I just, I mean, I need time to myself and space. These people in Horga have, like, they have their communal orgasms they have their communal <laughs> cry fests right the flutes like we all stand up and sit down at the same time like i would go crazy in a day i would be <laughs> yeah in the wheelbarrow mark you're gonna you'd be the uh metaphorical wheelbarrow yeah. <laughs> yes i will be the wheelbarrow I won't even be in it. I will be the or or somebody will stuff people in a Stacy suit and burn them alive. Like either way, I mean, they would not put up my shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I think God. it was Mark who asked, like, "Oh, you guys, no privacy. How do you jerk off?" And I'm like, "Yeah, really. How do you jerk off?" Yeah. <laughs> it's a good. It's a valid question. Absolutely. Valid question. It's a lot. I agree with you. It's a lot. I don't want people all up in my business. The entire time. And I don't want to watch Austin Powers with a bunch of children every 90 years. (laughs) It's kind of hilarious that they like have a TV and VCR somewhere. And you know, they (laughs) just have like three shitty movies. (laughs) 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 We're going to watch the butterfly effect today. (laughs) Oh my God. It's a butterfly effect under the Tuscan sun. And absolutely oh my god why does this feel so exact that they have these three movies oh god oh it's so grim that's what they're doing in the uh in between the 90 year festivals like they're just watching those movies over and over again but oh that's so depressing i'll take the bear suit yeah danny's gonna find out real quick <laughs> Once she comes Ari, in. Release the Ari, release the follow up, Ari. We have questions. Right. We yeah. want to check in on our girl, make sure she's okay. Midsummer too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Midsummer too. It's just frozen too, but with Midsummer, it's gonna be so good. You know. And there's gonna be a flute, you know, alongside uh, it. In the DVD package, you know, you get the flute yeah. along. <laughs> The collector's right, well, edition. Yeah, the collector's edition. It's very special. <laughs> yeah, there's a flute. There's a pube pie. It's great. Everybody loves it. Uh, I can't believe. I guess we didn't mention that, but I guess it just did. Uh, I love the that the love spell is the pube. The pube pie, pie and the period juice. 
in the pyramid juice too, right? Just, right? Uh, his juice, I noticed that this time, was that his drink was darker than everybody else's. It was yeah. pink and everybody else's was yellow. He had the period juice in there. Period juice. Delicious. Yeah. And it, it's uh, iron rich, I guess. Organic. Yeah. It is. I mean, listen, nobody else is eating enough. Maybe he got some iron there. They gave right. him to... <laughs> some protein. <laughs> he some you know, <laughs> the really be good stuffing for that bear. I was exactly. like, I'm, I'm coming around tomorrow because he had another good line, right? He was the one who was like, we're just uh, going to ignore the bear then. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is true. That is true. I feel like maybe justice for Mark as well. Underrated. Yeah, definitely a great supporting cast. I do want to acknowledge that before we move on. They, they did a wonderful job as well. <laughs> yes. Although it is Florence who is the queen in both the fiction and in the reality. My dear friends, I think I know where I land. I think I might know where we all land. But I will ask the question because now we are in shelf life. This is where we decide where the VHS tape specifically for the movie belongs in our 90s neighborhood video store. If it's a bona fide staff pick displayed proudly. If it's a middle aisle placement, which is totally decent. And we also put movies that we think are actually really good there. It's just maybe not our favorite. Or if it needs the dumpster out back i will open the floor to comments <laughs> our guest goes first i think Stacey, yes, oh, Stacey, please. oh how exciting well um would it be on my permanent staff shelf i don't know i might put okay. it in the middle aisle or dangle it on a string between those two shelves <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like I don't know that it would be in the permanent rotation of my staff shelf however if it was like if I was theming out you know and mm-hmm. I was like yeah. problematic queen time I would absolutely <laughs> put it up there uh, but just in the permanent shelf I don't know I'm, I'm gonna call it a dangler a dangler <laughs> a dangle in between it's a dangler <laughs> We have a semi dangler between the middle aisle and the dumpster. And the dumpster. We have have something that's sniffing at the dumpster and it's dangling a little bit. We have a sniffer and a dangler. Batman is (laughs) is sort of the sniffer. (laughs) Sniffler and a dangler. Uh, Dangler does carry a more positive connotation. uh, It does. When you think of it. I actually, I actually have it on my staff picks. Dangler? Yeah. It, I mean, your 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 mother laughs at dangly penises. <laughs> she does. You know, so, she does. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Paul, please don't cut your mother laughs at dangly penises because I feel like it's inappropriate. <laughs> I don't know Danielle's mom. No, she wouldn't find to. that hysterically funny. Oh, okay, because we got caught. Yeah. We had a cold conversation about. I'm just. I'm not here. Just making accusations. No, <laughs> yeah. no just cut out the laugh. Yeah, cut out the first conversation. So it seems like Fernandez <laughs> was coming up with that on her own. 
Hey, Danielle! Hey, no problem, love the dangly penis. <laughs> See, that's that's not cool. So I just wanted to defend myself. Because if this is how I get canceled, I don't don't know. I want to get canceled for becoming the May Queen. I don't want to get canceled for dangly penises. They cannot cannot be my downfall anymore. I'm married now. This cannot be my downfall. I'm no longer letting penises ruin me. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I love all this. So my... uh, I like the dangly dangliness, the the <laughs> <Yeah>. dangly situation. <laughs> I would put it on my staff pick personally, because uh, we have some shitty things up there. Uh, Stacy doesn't know it, so we come yeah. into we attack this from a perspective of people who have put some weird shit up that staff pick shelf. So I, I would yeah. be remiss not to put an actual good movie. Up there. <laughs> yeah, we kind of did ourselves there a little bit. <laughs> but, but Stacy, okay. the core. <laughs> The core is the first fiction. The core. Yeah, the core. Wait, I think we had a good time. You know, we had a really nice time with it. That's all it takes. You know? Exactly. That's kind of how we, if if we enjoy it, if it makes us happy, it's in our staff picks. And yeah, yeah, I I would put it in my staff picks, but I'm also like... I'll, I'll let you have the final vote, Danielle. Whether we yeah. just dangle it, because it could be da- it could be dangly. We could have a string and just Midsummer there with a warning, like, "Hey, this is not for everyone." By the way, yeah, I, just, like, I think about my staff pick as like something I would put in the DVD player at a moment's notice. Okay. Sure, that makes sure. sense. Yes. Sure. And this feel I, this feels a little bit like like the idea of watching Midsummer is a little like oh it's a chore. <laughs> you know, it's a bit of, yeah. yeah. It takes work. Yeah. It yeah, takes it's, work. It's not like clueless, but it's like, oh I'll literally Thank watch you. clueless every time. It's like literally sure. the perfect movie. Uh, yeah. just me. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I love. Thing. Are you kidding? Clueless it's like the is thing. classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like great. don't I go do in like the it. woods alone, which I say twenty four seven. Put that in, and I'm there. Like give me a shitty slasher movie, you know, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. Or like yeah. me with every Van Damme movie, like it's yes, yeah, okay. But at yeah, Danielle, I, mean, I think you have the the final vote there. I I mean I think you know. I'm gonna st- I am gonna vote for it to be on the staff pick shelf because okay, I, I do personally love this movie. I do love this movie. I do though, I do see what you're saying, Stacey, about it being work though. Like yeah. you need to do emotional labor to watch this movie, I think. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a little bit, right? It, it's it's a movie that goes places. It goes some real places. Um mm-hmm. but I do think it deserves a staff pick shelf, at least at least in the video store of of our beautiful dreams, which does absolutely include Lionheart and the core in the staff thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I think it makes it there um, by by the strength of of all of this. Now, who's to of say though pie. that it couldn't kind of <laughs> fall a little and dangle? Like, absolutely. Like, it, it it's could. absolutely possible that it will dangle at some point. So, and and yeah. also, Batman nineteen eighty nine might 
stop sniffing the dumpster and fall all the way in. Like, <laughs> Danielle, you never, you never get over. We can put it in the dumpster if we'll make you feel no, happy. No, it's okay. You're really upset about this one. We'll, we'll revisit this in the next yeah, episode. Yeah, we might. But, <laughs> we might but, at some point. We can do an episode of like rearranging the shelves. And then yeah, we, we can... might actually, oh, yeah, we they, might have they, to do that. Reassessment yeah. time. I love doing that. Reassessing movies I watched even just a year ago or two years ago. Sometimes yeah. it's like, was I drunk? Like, I love <laughs> this. Like, what was I on, you know? Yeah. Or you find a new appreciation for something. So I think reassessing yeah. is very important. Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. yeah. So we, we undangled it and, and placed yes. it in our staff picks, but... Uh, Yes. We contain, yeah, we, we, we're giving ourselves room to maybe change our minds in a future reassessment. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. This is, this is art and art is an imperfect and sometimes messy process. And yes, I did call putting imaginary VHS tapes on a shelf art. Deal with it, is it art. I guess. <laughs> it is Listen, art. Flower arranging is a beautiful art. And so is VHS tape arranging. And um, lungs arrangement. All of, lung, it. All of it is art. <laughs> Dangling arrangements, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pube arrangements, period blood arrangements. It's all, all, it's all art. It's all an art, I, I believe. Um, and thank you, Ari Aster, for giving us this art to ponder dangling. Uh, I, I do appreciate, <laughs> appreciate all of it. Oh, Wow. Well, that is what we have for you this week, dear listeners. I want to thank my co-hosts for joining me. I want to say thank you at home for listening. Thank you to our producer, Paul, as Harga takes, so Harga also gives to Mayo <laughs> for all the help in not only making this show not suck, but also kind of rule. Stacy, it has been an honor and a privilege to have you here with us today. Thank oh, you so much. Thank you. So very much. Yeah. Please, would you like to plug your excellent website and show? Oh, okay. Uh, well, you can find me. Uh, Finalgirl.rocks is my horror blog. Uh, you can find me in the pages of Rue Morgue magazine, uh, where I have a column and I write reviews and all of that kind of thing. And I co-host a podcast called Gaylords of Darkness. We have new episodes on Wednesdays. And that's at GaylordsOfDarkness.com or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Good. That was a perfect yeah. plug. Thank you. Oh, okay. That's the first time I've been told that. So thank you. Really? <laughs> I'm really... You've never... You've never plugged before? Plugging and dangling. Uh, <laughs> I'm just having- not the best, not the best I have the two genders. Yeah, the two the genders. Gen- the plumbers <laughs> and anglers. <laughs> West Side good. Story Part Two. <laughs> oh my god! Good. Imagine the songs. Yeah. Just imagine the songs. <laughs> imagine the songs, and when when she says Tony use the back door in that show, <laughs> a time for us all. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I should be shot. I'm going to read the rest of our text here. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing great. We would love to hear from you, dear friend listener. Uh, If you'd like to get in touch with us, please send us an email to you love to see it at fanbyte.com. That is Y L T S I at fanbyte.com. It's not like literally you love to see it, but I'm trying to make it make sense. Y L T S I short for you love to see it at fanbyte.com send us your reviews recommendations questions or any general feedback and maybe we will even read it on the show 
we would super appreciate that. Uh, so please go ahead and send us a note if you'd like to. And if you like the work we do and want to show us some support, please do rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify. It really does go a long way in helping us out and we really super duper appreciate it. You can find the links to our other podcasts, our Discord, and our socials in the show notes. Until next time, dear friends, you love to see it.